0: Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. We're doing this, uh, the DNA uh, series, Values That We Live By. And um, as, as you are engaging in your Connect groups, I hope that has it's been, it's been fruitful. Uh, navigating the, the values, the values that make us who we are as a family and as a community. And uh, the, the, the point of all of this is that we navigate together and figure out what does it look like for us to live out these values. So, so beyond, uh, beyond what's on a piece of paper, beyond what's on the wall, beyond what we talk about, how do we engage practically with these values and what does it look like um, on a day Today basis, we're uh, going to be looking at the value of discipleship specifically within the context um, of community. Seeing that it's Community Sunday today, amen. So, um, seeing that it's uh, it's Women's Month, um, uh, my wife uh, Kulu insisted that I have to engage and speak to you from the perspective of a woman in the Bible, um, and uh, as a as an obedient husband. Um, I, I would like to invite you to turn to the book of uh, of Ruth, because that, that is where we're going to get our, our scriptures from. Book of um, of Ruth is in is in the um, early stages of the new uh, the Old Testament. Sorry. Um, so, if you want to start from kind of the beginning and start flipping, uh, to if you find yourself in Judges, it's just after Judges if you're in kind of in first samuel second samuel kings then go back it's easy to miss cuz it's a it's a small it's a small book in the bible um, but such an such an important one and really uh, uh, speaks about the transition Israel's transition from ju- from the judges to the kings so as they're transitioning from the judges to the kings there's this this slippet in the middle that um, tells the, the story of, um, of Naomi and Ruth and a host of others that we'll get into. And it helps us to transition uh, uh, from, from a time uh, where the Bible talks about how they, in the times of the judges, everyone did as they saw fit in their own eyes. Um, it was very much a kingdom of self-rule or a nation of self-rule um, to uh, the time of, of the king's. In, uh, in Ruth chapter 1, verse 19 to 20, we find Naomi uh, and Ruth, who are kind of like the, the, the two main characters in our story. We're going to encounter uh, a few other characters in the story. But in, in this section, uh, Ruth and Naomi are returning to Bethlehem after, after Ruth had left Bethlehem uh, with her family many years prior. And she had encountered some difficulties as she was navigating. She'd left Bethlehem, they'd gone and lived in a land called Moab. And uh, uh, she had lost her family. So her family, her husband, her her, her kids, and everybody that she went to the land of Moab with had died. Uh, But in the process, she had gained this daughter-in-law, this amazing daughter-in-law, whose name is uh, is Ruth, um, who sticks with her and goes back to her native land with her to Bethlehem. And they arrive in this land, and people still remember uh, Naomi, and, they, and they're delighted and they're surprised to see her. And this is uh, where we take our story from. So, so the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So when the people see Naomi enter into the village, they're stirred and they're excited. And word spreads, Naomi has returned from her surgeons. And, uh, and she responds, she says, Hey, I, I, know that, um, I know that I've been away for a long time. And, and I know that we haven't spoken in some years. So let me tell you something. Uh, please don't call me Naomi. I need you to call me Mara. And Mara, she says, means bitter. And, and Naomi means pleasant. Pleasant. And so she says, when you last saw me, you called me pleasant. I'm going to need you to now call me bitter. Because I've been through some things since we last met. I've experienced life. I I am less innocent than I was when we last met. I've lost some people. I've become a little bit more bitter and hardened and world-weary so that I am no longer the pleasant person that you once knew I am now bitter. Am I talking to anybody this morning? That you have seen some things, you have experienced some things that have caused you to become a little harder than you once were. That, that you have had some experiences you trust a little bit less because you have known some people that have let you down. You, 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 you're less hopeful because you have been in some situations that have not turned out the way that you had hoped they would turn out. And so you encounter people and you say, Hey, please, I know we, when we last met, you called me hopeful. Don't call me hopeful today. Don't, don't call me blessed today don't call me good today don't call me favored today because you know what I, that's not how i feel inside i, I don't want to do the praise god hallelujah thing i, I don't want to pretend like i'm i have it all together please don't call me you like i have it all together call me a mess call me shambles call call, call, call me hopeless Call me disenfranchised. Call me something else that represents what I've been through. Who am I speaking with this morning? She says, don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter. I love that this community, as we continue to read the scripture, did not continue to call her bitter. She said, call me Mara, but we know her today as Naomi. They persisted to call her pleasant. I hope that we all have community that will continue to call us by the identity of God, even when we call ourselves by the identity of our experiences. That when we call ourselves failure, they will call us success. That when we call ourselves victim, they would call us victor. That when we call ourselves hopeless, they would call us hopeful. That they would call us good. That they would call us overcomer. That they would call us favored. That, that we have people that we walk with who would remember what God called us in the first place. And we we'll say, no, no, no. We're not going to call you by the name that you now give us because of what you've gone through that does not reflect who God has called you to be. Forgive us, but we'll persist in calling you pleasant. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life bitter. And then I said to Naomi, Naomi, I hear you. I hear you. You say the Lord has made your life bitter. Show me, Naomi, how the Lord has made your life bitter. She said, well, I went away full, but the Lord brought me back empty. And I said, Naomi, all I see here is that you went away and the Lord brought you back. See, how we read that scripture, we can read a a tone of judgment into verse 21, or we can read redemption into verse 21. Verse 21. Naomi, all I'm seeing there is that you decided to go. And God brought you back. At which point did you consult him about your direction? About the decisions that you were making? When you were looking for the easier way out, did you consult God then? No, but it is easy when things have fallen apart for us to say, "God has abandoned me. God has forgotten about me. God has cursed me." Forgive me. When we grew up, we used to say, "Amadlozantunuse." If you feel brave, try and and just, like, tell your neighbor. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But you left. You left. And yet God has been faithful to bring you back. God has not afflicted you. God has not brought misfortune upon you. That is not who he is. But because of your own decisions, you have found yourself in times of hardship. But you know what God has done? He has brought you back. So how did we get here? How did we arrive at the place where we are saying, God, you have stripped me of everything. You have abandoned me. You have put me in a place of disfavor. How did Naomi get to this place? Well, let's take a few steps back and look at the beginning of the story to understand how Naomi got to where she was. In uh, in chapter one, from verse one, it says, in the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to surgeon in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Marlon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives, the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other, Ruth. They lived there about ten years, and both Marlon and Chilion died so that the woman was left without her sons and her husband. Now we understand why she began to wear this identity of bitter. Because she had seen some stuff. And she had lost some people. And she had experienced some disappointment. And she had processed some loss. Because she left Bethlehem full. And she came back empty. Now, when, at, at a first glance of this, um, of this scripture... There's a dynamic that I'm beginning to pick up, but, but um, uh, uh, Naomi gives me a clue in the scripture that we read previously because she says, she says, don't call me pleasant, call me bitter. And what she's telling me is names are going to be important for our understanding of the story, for us to understand what is truly happening here. And, and, and we begin with the understanding of the geography. So we talk about Bethlehem and Moab. Now, Bethlehem is is part of Israel, right? And the Israelites are the descendants of Abraham. Pastor Greg, how's my theology so far? Okay, so we're good. We have the the people of Moab, because they moved from Bethlehem to the land of Moab. Now, the the people of Moab are descendants of of their ancestor, Moab, who was the son of Lot. Remember Abraham and Lot? Abraham and his nephew, Lot, and they, and, 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 and they, they, they had a, a, a lot and they separated. Uh, they had a lot. And they separated. And he went into Sodom. He got into some trouble. Uh, the angels brought him out. His wife became salty. They moved into <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> they lived in a cave. He got stupid drunk. And in, 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 a, in a just very ridiculous move, um, he had children by both of his daughters. One of those children, his name is Moab, and he became the, the, the father of the Moabites. Moab, Moab means like his father. Like his father. What was Lot like? Hey? Weak comes to mind. Not a man of his convictions. What was the spineless? What was the, uh, uh, um, uh, the fruit that they bore was? Perverted. Perverted. It was a perverted line. And so Moab is like Lot. And and, and uh, uh, Bethlehem in Israel. The name Bethlehem is house of bread. House of bread in this beautiful land, and and they moved from from Bethlehem to to Moab. Now you're starting to see the story emerge, but even more so when we begin to unpack more of. Of, uh, of these names because, you see, um, uh, uh, Bethlehem, Judah, Judah is, is, uh, is praise. So they lived in this, in this land of praise. Um, they went into Moab. The guy's name, the, the, the head of the house, Limelech, means uh, God is king. God is king. Uh, his wife's name is, is Naomi. That means pleasant. Uh, their two sons, Marlon and Tillion, their names are, are weak and fragile. Weak and, <laughs> weak and fragile. They were Ephrathites. From, Ephrathites is the land, is the fruitful land. They were from the fruitful land, from Bethlehem, uh, a house of bread in Judah, in praise. Uh, and they went into, into, into Moab. They took uh, uh, wives of, of these Moabite uh, women. Uh, the one's name, Orpah is stubborn, and the other name, uh, Ruth, is companion. Now what, what I want us to do is to read the scripture again. Let's read the scripture again with the understanding of the play on names here. So let's, let's go. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a deficiency, the, the famine, there was a deficiency in the land. And a man of the house of bread, the man of Beth- in Bethlehem in Judah, in the land of praise, went to stay, surgeon temporarily, in the country of like Lot, Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was God is king. And the name of his wife, Pleasant. And the names of his two sons were weak and frail. They were fruitful landers from house of bread in praise. They went into the country of like lot and remained there. But God is king. The husband of Pleasant died. And she was left with her two sons. These took like lot wives. The name of the one was stubborn and the name of the other companion. They lived there about 10 years and both weak and frail died. So that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Don't tell me the scriptures aren't alive. It's all there. The the entire story is there. In the days when the judges ruled, there was deficiency. That's what a famine is, right? There's deficiency. So either they, they had something that they did not want to have, or they didn't have something that they wanted to have. Either way, there was deficiency. And because there was a deficiency, because there was lack, because it was difficult, what did they do? They left. They moved from the house of bread to, the, to, 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 to like lot. They moved from Bethlehem to Moab. They were in the community of God. They were in the favored place. But do you know what happened there? It got difficult. It got hard to eke out a living. So what did they do? They went to eke out a living elsewhere. Now, was it impossible for them to stay in Bethlehem? No, it was not. Because other people stayed. When they came back, they found a whole thriving community there. Other people stayed and cultivated and worked where it was hard. But because it was hard for them to stay in that community, because it would have cost them, because it would have required a sacrifice, they left that community and went to a different one. Why? The pastures looked greener over there. It looked nicer over there. Now, When we read the Bible, saints, let us not read the Bible like a bedtime story, with some interesting little anecdotes and some moral lessons that we can learn and impart to the children. This is a story about us. When we read the scriptures, we ought to open the Bible and step inside, to look around and walk around and and familiarize ourselves with the characters, to identify with the people. I want to give you a Pro tip right now, when you identify yourself with the people, you are not the hero. The best guy in the story, that's not you. (laughs) You and me are the ones who are walking around perverting the story. You and me are the ones who are betraying God. You and me are the ones who are disobedient, who are needing to be saved. And so when we look at this story, what it is telling us is that community is not always easy. But God has placed us in community. But what do we do when it gets hard? We look around at the greener pastures, And we go, boy, those people live a a freer life. They don't have as many restrictions as what the Bible and God has put on us. I wish I could live like they do. I wish I could express myself the way that those people express themselves. Lord, maybe you saved me a little bit too early before I really got to enjoy and indulge myself in the things of the world because look at those people. They are having fun. We are having conflict. They're having freedom. We have limitations. You know what I'm going to do? It's hard here. I am going to step over here and enjoy a little bit of Moab. Who am I talking to? Says they went to stay in this country temporarily. They were surgeoning them. The idea was, we're not, we're not walking away completely from what God has ordained. We just need a little bit of a break. Just need to breathe, a little bit of relief. And then I'll come back, Lord. Lord. Because when it's hard, I need to find some kind of comfort. And if I can find it over there and I'm just taking a little bit of a break, it's just a little bit of a break. We're not breaking up, we're just pausing. (laughs) Just so that I can revive myself and refresh myself and feel justified. Because you know what? It is greener over here. But it's not God's provision. And it will be costly. It will be costly. They intended to surgeon, stay temporarily. At least 10 years, at least 10 years that they ended up spending. Because of course we know, we've experienced that relief, that comfort, that sin, often causes us to stay longer than we intended to stay to go further than we intended to go and to pay a cost that's more dear than what we intended to pay. And often we come back stripped and less than when we walked away. They went to stay temporarily in the country of like Lot. He and his wife and his two sons the name of the man was God is king. Love that name. God is king. Who are we? God is our king. That's who we are. We are the people of God. That's the covering that my family is covering under. That's who that's the identity I'm imparting over my wife and my children. God is king. Until we go into Moab. And what happens in Moab? The identity dies. God is king dies Because God is king is fruitful over here and can be cultivated over here and is welcomed over here is difficult to maintain over here Have you ever tried to go into your places of comfort and temporary sin and still remain a God-loving Holy Spirit-spirited Christian Can't do it You have to distance yourself from God in order to enjoy your sin. Because as long as he's as long as he's there, as long as the fire is going, the conviction is too strong. And I'm not enjoying it. What's the point of being here if I'm not gonna enjoy it? So God as king has to die for us to remain in Moab. And God is King dies. He dies. By the way, as long as, as long as the identity was God as king, the intimacy was a place of pleasantness, right? It was, was Naomi. Name, um, the name of his wife is pleasant, and the names of his two sons were weak and frail. They were fruitful in this from the house of bread in praise. But they lost their provision because they lost their praise. Do you see that they 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 moved out of the place of praise. They moved out of Judah. And they lost their provision. Why? They lost their gratitude. Praise causes us to have a spirit of gratitude. And when we have that spirit of gratitude, we don't lose sight of who God is and what he has done for us. Because even if we find ourselves in a place of deficiency, in a place of lack, we are still able to point to things that God is doing. Gratitude helps us to see how God is moving. Gratitude helps us to stay in the house of bread. Gratitude helps us to be found in the house of God. But when we lose our praise, we lose our gratitude and then we are found in Moab. Because when we lose our gratitude, God is not doing anything. All we can see is the lack. All we can see is the deficiency. And then we come together. Hey, let's um let's let's start just by sharing just testimonies of God, God's goodness. What that, what has God been doing this week? That's that's like that's, that's really good, that's, that was that was amazing. What has God done that was a blessing to you this week? Then crickets, tumbleweed. Because now we got to sit there and think. What has God? Well, I think I woke up. I guess I, I woke up in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. He did that. I woke up. Why? Our eyes are on the deficiency. So we've lost our praise. And we can't move in gratitude. And so therefore we can't see what God is doing. You know what that does? It's it's slowly ushering us to Moab. Even if we didn't originally intend. Do you know it's easier to stay in Moab than it is to stay in Bethlehem? When you're in Bethlehem, there are winds that are pushing you. Towards Moab. You can see the green postures. You can see the freedom. You can see what looks like laughter and joy and good times. When you're in Moab, you're playing for the home team. You're good. You're fine. No one's trying to move you out of Moab. It takes a God-concerted, spirit-filled effort to move you from Moab to Bethlehem. It takes losing focus to move you to to Moab. I wasn't praised. I wasn't praised. I wasn't praised. Wait, what did God do? (laughs) Moab. In fact, work of community is is constantly trying to catch people on their way to Moab. Because once you enter in, man, your heart is hard to bring you back from that. So they went into this country of like-lot and remained there. Then God is king. The husband of Pleasant died. And she was left with her two sons. These took like-lot wives. Because what, what, um, what did they do once the, once the identity died? Well, we're here. Might as well get the fullness of it. And they plunged themselves into covenant with Moab. If I'm going to do it, might as well enjoy it. If the path I'm on is going to lead me to hell, might as well enjoy the journey. Now, some people have actually uttered those words. Most of us aren't brave enough to actually utter those words. But we still live by them. And so they entered into covenant with Moab, with Lot. And the name of the one was stubborn. And the name of the other, and this is the first clue of God's redemption in this story, was companion. Because God wants you to know that until you find yourself... Back in the house of bread, he's not done with you yet. They lived there about 10 years, and both weak and frail, died. And She was left with just her daughters-in-law. Now, let's come back to the fact that when they left the house of bread, she had sons, right? They left together. So there was fruit. There was fruit. They uh, they were in this house of bread. They were in this place of provision. At that point, it did not look like how they would have wanted it to look. But the facts are, they were in God's provision. And they bore fruit. Now, I had to go ask Naomi, Naomi, how is it? That you were in the house of bread, that you were in the place of praise, that you were in the fruitful land, and you had fruit, and you still chose to leave and go and submit yourself to a different God. Because that, that's what it meant, literally, right? To leave, you're exchanging your passport to worshipping this God, to worshipping the God of the Moabites. How is it, how is it that you were able to bring yourself to that point? And then I realized, well, they had fruit, but their fruit was weak, and it was frail. They were in community. They were in the house of God. They were doing the things. When you looked at the checklist, they were checking off the stuff. They were bearing fruit, but the fruit saints was weak, and it was frail. And if we're busy in the house of God bearing weak fruit, you know what's going to happen when it gets difficult? We're going to leave. How's your fruit? How's your fruit? When, when, when we look at how, how connected you are with the people of God, in relationship with the Holy Spirit, what kind of fruit are you bearing? And is it strong fruit? Or is it fruit for the sake of the word fruit? So that we can take the things off. And we can say, but I showed up. I did the thing. I gave the money. I did. What else do you want from me? And then the answer is, everything. God wants everything. He wants you to bear good, strong fruit. They lived 10 years, 10 years in Moab with these wives. 10 years, no fruit. No fruit. They lived for the sake of fruit. Why? Because they were moving in self-provision. And they found no fruit. In fact, they lost whatever fruit they had in the first place. So, when I look at this, we looked at it, we look at the scripture, first, just as as it is, in the ESV. And then then we look at it on the slide as it is, just with the words, uh, understanding with the play of words. Now I want us to look at it in the MEV, um, which is the me version? <laughs> I mean, that was weak. That was.
1: <laughs>
0: I thought that was particularly clever. <laughs> weak and frail, system. <laughs> Let's look at it in the M.E.V. In the days when everyone did what was pleasing in their own sight, a family in God's country came up against some challenges. They forgot that God was their king and provider, and so they moved out of his provision and favor to a people who did not serve God because these people seemed to have better lives. In this place, they lost their identity under God, and they bound themselves in covenants to people who did not serve God as a result, they lost whatever godly fruit they had left, though that fruit was weak and frail to begin with. The woman lost everything that she had tried to preserve by moving away from God's favor. Thank you. That's the MEV. It'll, it's on sale at the bookstores. <laughs> And so what is, um, what is the crux of the story? The direction that you're moving in relation to God's favor is important. Watch the change of direction in terms of migration from Moab to Bethlehem. Now they've moved into Bethlehem and have been received. Have been welcomed by the community. As we read on, uh, Ruth meets this man, Boaz, and says, so Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife, and he went into her, and the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. This, by the way, now I can't with all confidence say how much time this was, but they were there for something like a, the, the, the length of a harvest season. Length of harvest season. They were in Moab, Moab for... A minimum of 10 years, no fruit. One harvest season, the Lord brought her, gave her a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, the the woman of the community said to Naomi, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer, And may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has given birth to him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her lap and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. (laughs) Gotta love the scriptures. Not only was there restoration for Naomi, who repented of her path, but there was a redemption of Ruth who moved away from Moab into Bethlehem. This Moabitess woman who worshipped other gods and came to know the God of Naomi was crafted or grafted in to the lineage of King David. Not just King David, but our very Messiah. That is the redeeming hand of God. This, in this one picture, we can understand the entire story. They move away from God's favor. They lost everything. They move towards God's favor. Everything was restored, and they became fruitful. Can I ask us to, um, as we land, I just want us to really just digest this a little bit. Um, and so we did. We did uh, uh, groups earlier on. If you can find those people that you were in, um, in 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 groups with, and if we can just take three or four minutes again, just to debrief some of what you, what what God is talking to you about today. So what are you? What is standing out for you? What is God saying to you? And how are you going to then action it? What are what are your next steps? What I want you to do in these groups is, if your next step is to move towards. Bethlehem, in relationship, that is to say, if your next step is to say, actually, I need to fix my relationship with Jesus first, would you be brave enough in that group just to be the first one to say, hey, before we go anyway, I think my first step is to reconcile my relationship with Jesus. And will you guys pray for me to reconcile my relationship with Jesus? And, and, then, and then go on to, um, to, to discuss together. If you're praying for each other, um, to reconcile that relationship—that's important. We want to know about that because we want to help you, right? We Want to help you with those next steps, which are going to become fundamental. So come speak to us. Come speak to—we'll uh, um, we'll be up front here, and our ministry team will be up front here, and just mention, hey, this was the prayer we prayed, um, so that we can we can help you with that. Let's get into uh, let's get into those groups and um, and have that quick discussion. finish off the sentence that you're busy with. So if we can uh, wrap up our conversation. As, as you're finishing off your, your conversations, are there any groups that, ple- that prayed for people to recommit their lives to Jesus? May Just, just wave at me if, if, um, if any of your groups prayed for people to commit their lives to Jesus. Can we give the Lord just a, a praise offering for that? Some, some, of, the, some of the groups prayed. Uh, or, or, m- many of you were praying. Some of the groups pray, prayed specifically um, for people to, to commit their lives to Jesus. Uh, we, we, we want to we wanna help you with that. Can, can I ask, as we land the service, and Pastor John's going to help us land the service just now, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be standing right here. Can you just, if you prayed that prayer in your group, please come see me immediately. Um, I don't want us to lose that moment, and I don't want the, the enemy to creep into that um, in, into that gap. Um, so we want to we wanna build with you. Is that okay? So please come speak to me just now. Um, Pastor John is going gonna, is gonna, is gonna to bless us. If you want to continue with your conversations, post that, then please continue by by all means. Wow. Wow. Woo.
1: I'm going to say it backwards. Wow. How many of you connected in some level this morning? Spiritually. I mean, Pastor, Pastor Lareco, thank you. What a, what a blessing this morning to be able to connect. I mean, this was one huge connect group this morning. Woo! Our sister is connecting with Jesus right now. Hallelujah. If some of you, though, I noticed, uh, Pastor Lareco noticed earlier, some of you didn't get into groups, and maybe you just feel like you need a little more. I mean, there's just really something that needs to be dealt with. We're going to have a ministry team up here that want to help you connect. You know, doing load shed. Oh, thank you, Lord. Woo! Come on. Come on. Thank you, Lord. 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 Pastor Loretta, you want to lead them in prayer this
0: morning? Come on back up. Thank you, Lord. <drum mimicopy grinding noise> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
1: come on These, up come These are. anyone else
0: anyone else need to come
1: up come on
0: this is, this is why we do church this right here is why, why, why we do church come on up so that we can be a part of God's hand when he welcomes his children home you are among the brave are acknowledging Jesus. You are among the brave are acknowledging Jesus. And the word of God promises this. Jesus says this in his word. He says, if you acknowledge me in front of people, you know what he's doing? He acknowledges you before the father. He he looks at you acknowledging Him, saying, I I want relationship with Jesus. I am not ashamed of Jesus. He looks at you saying that and He says to the Father, she is is mine. And she is mine. And He is mine. And she is mine. And He is mine. And she is mine. And He is mine. So that they will never be ashamed when they come before the throne of God. And the book of life is opened. Because why? Their names are in the Lamb's book of life. Pray this with me and we'll pray together as a family. But I really just want you to use your own voices and say, Lord Jesus, I choose today to lay down my life. To recognize you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you raised, that God raised you back to life. I believe that you are seated at the right hand of the Father. And because you are life, I have everlasting life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. uh, Please follow these amazing people uh, through to the lounge and they're just gonna talk you through what our next steps are and how to establish yourself in the faith. All right, if you love this
1: this morning, let's give a big hand to Pastor Rex. Blessing us this morning. But you kept hearing that word connect. You know when it's load shedding, when things get unconnected, you kind of get disappointed. And then you go to the things that aren't, aren't as good, like little candles, you know, light a match here and there, you know, and it feels weak, and it feels frail. But when you get connected back, you hear your whole apartment complex just cheering, ah! power, I can, I can actually have a cup of, hot cup of tea again. And that's what we want you to know, and I hope you felt today, of what a connect group is all about. And uh, we've got uh, some folks back there that are going to sign you up for a connect group. So please, if you're in a connect group, raise your hands. Yeah, okay. So there's a few that haven't raised their hands. So please, run back there. Don't even stop. Don't even pay 200 grand, whatever it costs to get over there. Just go straight there and sign up at the back there, okay? Okay, okay? All right.